going on? Hey, happy Wednesday. Pete Callender here. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. WBT. WBT. I think is how I'm supposed to say that. I'm kidding. The phone number is 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. Uh, we'll have an update on the Alec Murdoch trial uh, in the uh, third hour of the program. Uh, second hour of the program, we will uh, have an update on uh, the story that we were talking about yesterday that was based off of whether or not 7 p.m. is the cloak of night when governments ram through things so as to not uh, attract public attention. And I I did not think 7 p.m. was under the cloak of night. And now uh, update, a uh, quick update, but I'll go into more details later. But a quick update is that uh, now there's apparently been a threat made against me for believing that 7 p.m. is not uh, the cloak of night. So we'll get to that in the second hour. Um, first, Joe Biden's State of the Union speech last night um, started at 9 p.m., which is, I guess, also the cloak of night. It's even, it's even cloakier. It's a, it's cloakier, and nightier, right? That's, I, I can only assume so. If seven p.m. right when the sun is still out is cloak of night, then I got to believe nine p.m. is way cloakier and nightier. Now with, you know, ninety percent more cloakiness. Um, all right. So we've got, I got a couple of sound bites here, but I first want to thank everybody who joined the Facebook live stream last night with Brett Winterbull. Uh, and myself, we uh, we figured, you know, we have to, we got to watch it anyway, so uh, we might as well watch it together and have some fun with it. And we did, y'all did too. It seemed like. Uh, thank you, everybody, for hanging out and for the the uh, the comments and the posts and stuff. We tried to read as much as we can, but once the the chat box starts going, it's hard to keep up. And you know, we're trying to watch the uh, the speech, trying to come up with all of the most hilarious responses we could we could make up. Um, so if you didn't catch it last night, it's okay. It's all right. I know it's, it's a lot to ask. It's the state of the union, first of all. And second of all, it's Joe Biden. So we were hoping that Brett and me together combining forces may have tilted the scales towards the, okay, I'll watch some of it until I, you know, feel like I need to jab pencils in my eyeballs. But, um, I gotta tell you, I mean, as far as the state of the union speeches go, it was pretty standard fare. As I mean, I but I grade these things on a curve, and the curve is like from terrible to less than terrible. That's it. That's the whole curve for me. I I don't really I don't get a lot out of them. There's nothing memorable about them. Seriously, when's the last time you heard anything memorable from a State of the Union speech? Right. Exactly. It's what Joe Wilson screaming "You lie!" That was probably the most memorable State of the Union speech. And then there were parts of the uh, the speech last night where he just seemed like he was running down the checklist, you know, trying to trying to check off issues or positions because he was running out of time. That's what Brett was saying. It seemed like he's trying to cram it all in. He's he's wanting to get it done by 10 p.m. and he's running out of time, so he's just kind of pivoting and made for this really kind of jarring bouncing around between all these different topics and they're trying to weave them together and he's trying to segue into other things. And look, 
he's not, I mean, he, yes, he is a, what, 70-year politician or whatever, but it's tough to do segues. I know I make them sound easy. I make the segues sound easy, but but I'm a, a trained professional at this, right? I mean, not everybody can, you know, pivot from, you know, talking about a State of the Union speech to PhD weight loss and nutrition, but I make it happen. So... I, I I judge him, you know, on a scale that's lower than that due to my professional uh, expertise in this area. But I, uh, I I also thought it was kind of it was bad. The, the pivots were bad. You noticed them. They didn't make any sense. And at one point he had um, the guy who stopped the shooter out in uh, California. Right, the the guy who went into the ballrooms and and you know murdered like ten people and then went to another dance hall and was trying was going to do the same there, but some young guy jumped him and got the gun away from him and prevented the mass shooting. He was invited to be one of the guests in the gallery last night, and Joe Biden uses him in order to pivot to a demand that we ban all assault rifles. He got very shouty. He got, yeah, he got, he got pretty shouty. And, um, the guy had been, as I recall, the guy who did the mass murder out there, didn't he use pistols? I'm pretty sure he used pistols because they were described as semi-automatic pistols and, or semi-automatic assault pistols. Remember? Cause we, we kind of joked about that. Right. In other words, it's, it's a pistol. A semi-automatic assault pistol is just, it's a pistol. It's not a, you know, a revolver, although I guess it could be. And one pull of the trigger, one bullet comes out. I don't know. So that stuff, not a fan. Um, I also didn't like how he, uh, how he didn't give people their moment. He called people out, you know, up in the, in the gallery um, and uh, like the parents of Tyree Nichols, who he, by the way, yeah, he called him Tyler Nichols, but whatever. So he calls, uh, and people stand up and applaud. In, in this show of support and empathy for these parents, you have a room full of people applauding for them. These are all potential allies to get something done in regards to you know, policing and uh, police reform and criminal justice and whatever. So you've got everybody, like these are sympathetic people because of the the nature of that brutality that their son suffered. And everyone starts applauding, and Joe Biden then just starts, like, screaming over the top of the applause. And I understand that there's rhetorical value in doing that. Obama was a master at it. He would uh, he would use the, the crowd cheering in order to kind of keep them revved up, you know, and then keep building and building and getting everybody, you know, really excited. And that's why it was a powerful... He, he's a powerful public speaker, and Biden has obviously taken to doing some of that same mechanism. But that was not the that that was not the time to do that. So I, I I found that a little bit cringy. He also made up a couple of words as he is known to do, but I'm I'm unclear what this was a what he was trying to say, and I'm also really unclear as to why the everybody well the Democrats at least were applauding it. Whether they were just applauding that that he's threatening to veto something because he threatened to veto like three or four different measures. If you send it, I will veto it. They were like, yes. And I guess it didn't matter that they didn't know what he was talking about. 
they just heard veto and they and they just screamed and applauded. So I've got some sound and a um, couple of old man yells at clouds moments. We'll take a listen to them. News Talk 1110 WBT. Pete Callender show. And uh, last night during the State of the Union speech, President Biden made uh, some comments, very few actually, about China. Let me play just a, a, a quick clip Make here. No mistake about it. As we made clear last week, if China threatens our sovereignty, we will act to protect our country, and we did. Give or take five days, six miles out at sea, maybe. Then we'll take action, I guess. Um, Mike Rogers, he served as the Republican representative in Congress for the 8th District of Michigan uh, between the years 2000 and 2015, uh, including a stint as chairman of the House Intelligence Committee. Uh, Welcome back to the show, Congressman. How are you? Pete, it is always great to be back. Well, I appreciate it. So did you... uh, did you have a couple hours to kill last night? Just uh, figured, hey, how better to spend it than to watch the State of the Union speech, even though you're not in yeah. Congress anymore? <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, it's important for the country. I was hoping he would, uh, you know, lay out a plan on how we uh, compete strategically with China. Uh, but by saying that that was the example of how we would act is a little to say a little disappointing it would be an understatement. Literally, you know, this thing was collecting intelligence apparently as far away as Alaska, so they knew about it in Alaska. Uh, they didn't shoot it down until North Carolina to traverse the, uh, the continental United States. I mean, how they look at that as a victory, boy, that you know, that gives the idea of putting lipstick on a pig a bad name. I, <laughs> I, uh, I read a piece the other day um, that, e- that equated it to you remember the the German pilot guy who landed his little plane in Red Square? Uh, uh, I guess about thirty years, like uh, during the Soviet uh, Union's time, and it 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 like it showed how impotent the USSR was to actually stop something like that. A little guy in a plane was able to land right in the middle of the heart of your uh, of your capital, and uh, it just uh, they, they drew a parallel to it. And I I'm kind of sad to think that there is a parallel there. Oh, exactly. And, you know, with, and again, I'm a little disappointed in some of our military folks, too. I mean, they, you remember the O.J. Simpson uh, case <laughs> in Los Angeles where yeah. he was going about 25 miles an hour for hours and hours and hours, and it was all this drama, and the news was going crazy over it, and helicopters, and they were giving press reports every, I don't know, 20 minutes. Yes, he's traveled another half of a mile, uh, and we can't quite seem to stop him. Uh, it's felt a lot like that to me, where they would come out and say, oh, no, nothing to worry about. Don't worry. We're jamming it. We're doing other things that we would do and blah, blah, blah. Uh, but it just made us look feckless, number one. Uh, and apparently the Chinese understand exactly now how we won't react. And that all of those things are bad lessons for the Chinese to learn, right? They think they're good lessons. They're bad lessons for the country. And the very fact that what you want in a surveillance suite of collection uh, technology on a, a on a, uh, a balloon like that, people say, "Wow, why in the heck wouldn't you do that?" Well, remember, when a sl- satellite flies over, it only has so much time. When an airplane flies over, it only has so much time. If you do these air balloon type uh, uh, vehicles, they have more time over the target of which they want to collect on. And so this this notion that it was uh, we were doing everything just right is just crazy. And why? And we have what would be tricky. But, but if we knew about it in Alaska, why didn't we come up with a plan about how we grapple that thing and take it 
uh, and understand exactly what technology was on there. We think we know, but we're not, we're not exactly sure, and we now won't be because it's in a million pieces, yeah. exactly what was on there. And I just think that's just there's a whole bunch of mistakes in there uh, and, you know, a little bit uh, deflating. To use the pun ah. uh, on on our ability to present ourselves to the rest of the world as on top of it, both with technology and the fact we wouldn't allow our borders to be uh, violated the way we did. Well, yeah, they did not take me up on my. Uh, I mean, granted, it was just a skeleton of a plan, but it involved Tom Cruise and a, a comically large thumbtack uh, and maybe standing on the wing of a plane. They did not take me up on that uh, on that plan. That, uh, that is shocking, Pete. I, <laughs> they, didn't, they didn't ring you up right away and say, "Hey." guess what? Maybe you go up. Yeah, there you go. Uh, so uh, I, we heard afterwards that they were the, the it, what seemed to me to to be sort of reading between the lines in that Defense Department off the record briefing, which I don't understand why they wouldn't name they wouldn't say who these uh, officials were that gave this briefing. But reading between the lines, it almost seemed like they were saying we were stopping them from collecting any information. I think you just mentioned the word jamming as well. So is that actually something that they could do? Uh, and then what of this other argument that I heard afterwards, which was, you know, we got valuable intel or insight. We learned a lot by watching the balloon as well. Uh, okay, let me try to dissect that if I can. Yes, we have the ability to jam it if we understand everything that the device is actually doing. And so what they were doing is taking the signal, there's some signals coming off of those devices, right? So we were jamming those and then trying to understand what those were that would lead our engineers to backtrack and say, okay, we think that device is this and it's doing this. That is valuable intelligence, no doubt about it. But to say that we were, it, we, we use that opportunity to be embarrassed <laughs> to the rest of the world to collect on things that we already know, right? If they understood it, they already know it, uh, is nonsense. What we wanted to do or what they should have wanted to do is get a hold of that thing so they know technology that we don't know either A, how to jam, or B, what it was collecting, or C, you know, you can get into that kind of technology and go and backtrack it back and see, okay, what did they get? What did they show the Chinese? Remember, it's, it's a pretty short burst from 60,000 feet to a satellite traveling overhead, right? And that, once that information hits that satellite, we lose the ability to control any of it, meaning it gets back to Beijing. They can do what they want. And remember, you can do this burst technology. So they go, oh, we're jamming it. You flip a, you flip a, uh, a channel very quickly, burst some information up. Guess what? That information's gone. Hmm. And so this notion that we got it all covered and it's all fine, and we, you know, they didn't get anything out, I, I just... Uh, candidly, I'm throwing the red flag. I know that business. I've been in those meetings. I know what our technology is. I know how we're trying to advance above the Chinese on certain things and keep our advance above the Chinese on certain things. I'm just not buying it. I'm not buying that argument at all. You mentioned in a piece that you wrote uh, over at foxnews.com uh, that it's not just it's not just the balloons. And I've heard you know people make this comment too as we watch this thing lazily float across our country. Like, hey. Uh, you got these little surveillance balloons in your pocket, by the way, TikTok, which I now see more and more governments, state, local, county level, even they're all starting to ban TikTok on employee phones. Um, so you mentioned TikTok as well. You mentioned their efforts to undermine the U.S. dollar. Um, and then you say the American people need to understand how big a threat China is. So I will ask you, how big a th of a threat is China and what do you think we should do to combat that? 
Yeah, and we can do it, but we just have to all understand that we are under this strategic competition. Most people think we're large and in charge. We're always going to be that way. We don't have to work at it. We don't have to do make hard decisions. All of that's just wrong. China is moving out in a whole bunch of areas. So economically, they're trying to they steal our intellectual property. They repurpose it, sell it back out into the marketplace cheaper than our companies can provide it. Matter of fact, some argue it's the largest transfer of wealth between nations in the history of the world, how much intellectual property they have stolen from the United States and taken it back and used it uh, as a competitor in the marketplace against our companies. Really dangerous stuff. Uh, they're also trying to corner natural resources. As a matter of fact, we have a policy in the United States that says, you know, we're going to have electric cars. Everybody's going to be driving an electric car. I mean, they're expensive. But, you know, there's a whole bunch of reasons that might probably not a right the, the right way to approach this problem. But the other one is 85% of everything processed to make that an electric car happens in China. So what you're doing is saying, guess what, China, you're going to be able to run our mandates on the American people based on your ability to process what the, what's that going to cost. And oh, by the way, they don't want to uh, sell us just processed lithium and cobalt and, uh, and magnesium. They want to sell us cars, Chinese-made cars that has their battery technology in it. And what you've done is just kind of completely given them a market advantage when you do these kinds of things. It's just not connected. The, the, uh, you know, the mandates aren't connected with the strategic set from China in those instances. So I can go right down the list militarily. They've got uh, the third largest nuclear weapon country in the world. Many believe it's more modern than the U.S. Uh, uh, nuclear uh, missiles, mainly because they're newer and they're, a lot of that information was stolen from the United States. Their military is uh, trying to be on par with the U.S. They now have more U.S. Navy ships. And this notion on currency, and I want to just, if I can, it sounds complicated. It sounds like very removed from my daily life if I'm getting up and going to work and, you know, kissing my kids and putting them on the bus in the morning. But the reason that we have such a high standard of living is because we were the one bastion in the world where everybody said, you can put your money and you can get it back out. It's safe. That helps us. Have economic prowess not only at home but around the world, and China wants a, it's called the reserve currency. China wants to knock us out of that. They tell us that they want to get together with Brazil, Russia, India, and China and create their own money market basket that would be the reserve currency. Meaning people wouldn't invest in the U.S. Uh, dollar anymore. They could invest in this what they call BRICS currency. And the reason they do that is it just takes us again a down a peg. It means our when we borrow money, it's more expensive. It means can we borrow money? What are those rates? All of those things that make it harder for the average American uh, to do better by themselves and for their children. And so this this race is on, uh, and we have got to get busy about how we're going to face this big strategic threat from China. We can do it. We're just going to have to have a hard conversation with ourselves uh, and then get to the business of winning a competition like America has done for the last 200-some years. Mike Rogers, former congressman from Michigan, former chairman of the House Intelligence Committee. You can read what he's up to and the work he's doing over at leadamerica.org. Uh, congressman, good to chat with you again. Thanks so much for your time. I appreciate it. Hey, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. People Absolutely. Coming back again. Sure. News Talk 1110-993-WBT-704-570-1110. And 1-800-WBT-1110. You can also email Pete at the Pete Show.com. That's where I got this from. Denny 
who says, Pete, this guy, uh, Congressman Rogers, is a wealth of great and fascinating information. Thanks for having him on. Yeah, they so his organization. All right, I suspect I don't know, but I suspect he's he may be interested in running for president or something. I, I think that may be what's going on. But he has this organization called Lead America. And I want to say probably I don't know how long it's been. He, we had him on before. He was coming through town. I forget where he was going. He was he was fixing to do a uh, an appearance someplace. And I think he was going to South Carolina. And I think people had pointed out that he also had some stops in Iowa and New Hampshire. And so, you know, connect the dots there. And I think I asked him about that when he was... Anyway, he came in, he stopped in studio, and we had him on before. And, uh, and you know, I, I'll talk to anybody, you know. So, all right, well, let's... Let's chat with him, and, and he is. He's got a lot of good insight on that. And so he had that, he had that uh, op-ed that got posted to Fox News, and uh, his people were like, hey, do you, you know, want to have him back on? Absolutely, because I, I'm, I'm with him on the China topic. Um, yeah, I mean, like I, I'm not sure. I said this the other day when we were watching that balloon. You know, people, for some reason, want to treat these communists like there's some order of difference away from what the USSR was and they're not. So we we didn't allow the Russians and the USSR, we didn't allow them to make all of our critical infrastructure and technology. That's nuts. Um, And so because you have this, you know, shall we call it constructive engagement with China, uh, we now have all of these these tentacles that have that have worked their way into institutions. He talked about that in his piece, like all of these institutions and nonprofits that are getting money from China. Uh, yeah, it's corrupting. Uh, anyway, back to Denny's email. He says, also, uh, good work calling out the cancel culture for issuing baseless accusations and labels as a weapon. Let's hope your efforts continue to reduce their effectiveness. Keep up the great content. Thank you, Denny. I appreciate it. I intend to. Uh, let's talk with Dean. Will Dean be bringing great content? Let's see. Dean, welcome to the show. Oh, I don't know, Pete. You said you'd talk to anybody, so I, I feel sort of honored. Oh, here you oh. <laughs> You're, Well, you are, in, you are one of the anybody's. <laughs> okay. I, you know, <laughs> better than being nobody, right? Exactly. Exactly. All right. Hey, I, I, about the State of the Union, first your knowledge, then I do have an opinion about it, that with this, the State of the Union message started eons ago, I would assume, somewhere back at the formation of the country? Yeah, it's, yeah you're, it's, it's constitutionally prescribed. But for the first, I don't even know how long, it was like 100 years or whatever it was, it was always just, it was a report. It was just a, it was a piece of paper that would be like, yeah, country's doing all right, here's a status update. It was, and it was just sent over to the Congress. There was no speech. That's a fairly new development in the historical record. Has anybody questioned in Washington, you know, the State of the Union and saying, you know, why do we need it anymore? Because it's really, uh, to me, now my opinion, it has served its purpose because uh, we all know probably more that's going on minute by minute than most of those politicians that are at the, yeah. you know, State of the Union. Right. So um, what is what else could it evolve into but, a, you know, uh, either a... Uh, pep rally. What are they? It's a yeah, pep, pep rally. Yeah, it's a pep, pep rally. rally. That's uh, that's Thank what you. it is, and that's why it, I don't think it's going to go anywhere because all of those people enjoy the the pageantry and the pomp of the pep rally. While while the constituency looks at them more and more like idiots. Yeah, I think that's probably fair. I mean, you look at the ratings for the State of the Union, and people generally don't watch it. The the vast majority of Americans don't watch it. 
They don't like you said, they don't need the president to get up there in Congress and tell them what their lives are like. Yeah. So, uh, okay, I I got it. So it's sort of like maybe back in the Roman days, the Colosseum, only Washington's the Colosseum. You throw them in there and we all sit around and watch and and make jokes about them. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Well, I will tell you, there was who was it? Uh, Yeah. David Hersani over at the Federalist dot com. And he actually brought up a very similar analogy. He said, like Nero bragging about rebuilding Circus Maximus after burning it down. Joe Biden took to the podium tonight to take care, uh, take credit for solving a slew of problems he helped create. Yeah, I mean that's that. It's it's not as if I mean I I understand like if you need to address the nation about something, right? Mm-hmm. You should do it, um, and they and they will, and you'll get the airtime, and people will cover it, people will watch it. But this is this isn't I don't think useful anymore. I I would prefer it go back to being just the report sent over, um, and uh, and that's it. Or if you're going to keep this kind of uh, event scheduled, I want to have more of the yelling and screaming. I want like a, a UK parliamentary style yell at the leader, ask him questions, and have some guy in the back going order, order. I want that. Well, you, you know how Doctor Phil, you know, he's, he's his shows, you know, he's closing his show up. I did hear you that. Think that's so he could become a moderator at the State of the Union or something. And, yeah, you know. Would yeah, that, cool? that or or uh, Maury. We could have Maury Povich. Yeah, but well, what are they going to do? DNA tests? Or yeah, well, I mean, who knows? We don't know what kinds of questions. I mean, when Obama was president, right? They probably would have been like, "Let's get some uh, DNA and uh, uh, and uh, birth certificates," right? Trump would have been there last night had that been the case. Oh, there you go. That's yeah. all right. Thank you, Dean. Anybody? I'll all right. See all right. I appreciate it. Yeah. So, uh, I yeah, like I would prefer to see full-on yelling and screaming. So when I was watching last night uh, on the live stream and you and, and Joe Biden picked that fight again and got shouted down by the Republicans, I was I was all for it. I'm all for it. I want I want that. And in fact, we actually may have had a breakthrough in the relationship. We might have. There may have been a breakthrough in the mommy-daddy political party relationship last night. Apparently... All this time, Democrats have thought Republicans actually want to get rid of Social Security and Medicare. And the Republicans, by screaming at him, finally broke through. Maybe he realizes that's not the case. News Talk 1110 and 99.3 WBT. Uh, about 20 minutes ago, there was uh, apparently a, uh, according to the Post and Courier newspaper in uh, Charleston, but they're covering the Alec Murdoch trial. Uh, about 20 minutes ago, a bomb threat prompted a uh, prompted the evacuation of the court, the whole building. So, due uh, to police officer had entered the courtroom moments before the evacuation, signaled to the judge who immediately sent jurors out. Uh, attorneys, media, members of the public spilled from the second and first floors of the Colladin County Courthouse. Uh, among the uh, today's attendees are Attorney General Alan Wilson and a class from the University of South Carolina. Uh, so that uh, breaking news. All right, let's get to a couple of these uh, sound bites here from the the State of the Union. Um, so Joe Biden did this a couple times, got lots of applause every time he mentioned the word veto. They, the Democrats just went nuts, even if they didn't even know what he was vetoing. Take a listen. 
Oh, hang on a second. Hang on, hang on. I unplugged unplugged my laptop because I was listening to the trial. Now I have to plug it back in. Okay. So Joe Biden, well, okay, I already led into it. There you go. Make no mistake. If you yeah. try anything to raise the cost of presenting jobs, I will veto it. I think he's saying I think he's saying prescription drugs. I think he's trying to say prescription drugs. Let's take another listen. Make no mistake. If you try anything to raise the cost of presenting jobs, I will veto it. I think he's trying to say the cost of prescription drugs, right? The presenting jobs. The presenting jobs. Yeah, I think that's what that was. But they applauded it. Maybe they understood it. I, like, I literally did not understand it until I just heard it for the second time. <laughs> I've, I've heard that clip now four times before just now, and I did not know what he was saying. So now I think I do. So maybe they understood it. But they it just any time he said, I will veto it. And they were like, yes. It reminds me of what was the uh, Family Guy episode where Lois is running for like town council, and she just keeps saying 9-11, and everybody keeps cheering her. I mean, she started out making a whole argument about 9-11, remember 9-11 and this and that, and everybody would get, get emotional and they would start cheering her. And she she sort of picked up on, wow, this is an applause line. So then she would just get up there and just say 9-11, and everybody would start cheering. Here's one of the old man yells at clouds moments. Name me a world leader who changed places with Xi Jinping. Name me one. Name me one. Name me a world leader who changed places with Xi Jinping. Name me one. I don't know what you're asking of me. (laughs) I really don't. I don't understand why you're yelling at me. Name me a world leader who changed places with Xi Jinping. Name me one. Name me one. I don't know what you're saying, but you definitely have the passion. But I I don't know. Then he got on to talking about the... um, uh, the chats that he has with oil company executives. And uh, generally speaking, if you are uh, a public speaker, unless you're going for the laughs, unless you're actually trying to get laughter, you're making jokes, it's generally not a good thing when you're trying to be serious and people start laughing at you like this. And when I talk to a couple of them, they say, well, we're afraid you're going to shut down all the oil wells and all the uh, oil refineries anyway, so why should we invest in them? I said, we're going to need oil for at least another decade. And that's going to exceed <laughs> and beyond that. We're going to need it. And beyond it? Production. Wait, what? Wait, it's wait, wait, hang on a second. So he says, when I talk to the executives, they say, why should we do any more production? You're just going to shut us down. And he's like, oh, no, no, in 10 years. We're, and we're going to need you for like another 10 years. Oh, okay, well, let's go ahead and start, you know, opening up the spigots then. Sure, 10 years. Um, but then they all start laughing at him, and I think he realizes what he just said, which is a compl- that undermines like everything, right? He turns because he turns around. Oh, and longer. I mean, and longer. Well, now you've undermined the other side. And when I talk to a couple of them, they say, "Well, we're afraid you're going to shut down all the oil wells and all the uh, oil refineries anyway. So why should we invest in them?" I said, "We're going to need oil for at least another decade, and that's going to exceed." <laughs> And beyond that. And beyond that. Mm-hmm. And then he touched the third rail of politics, Social Security and Medicare. Instead of making the wealthy pay their fair share, some Republicans, some Republicans want Medicare and Social Security to sunset. I'm not saying it's a majority. <laughs> Let me give you anybody who doubts it. 
Contact my office. I'll give you a copy. I'll give you a copy of the proposal. That means Congress doesn't vote. He's talking about Rick Scott's plan. I tell you, I enjoy conversion. You know, it means if, if Congress doesn't keep the programs the way they are, they'd go away. Other Republicans say, I'm not saying it's a majority of you. I don't even think it's even a significant. It's a lie. It's being proposed by individuals. It's not. I'm not politely not naming them, but it's being proposed by some of you. Look. It's like Price is Right. Folks. Liar. I think that was Marjorie Taylor Greene. It, it is a lie. Even the Washington Post says this isn't true. Rick Scott, he's talking about Rick Scott's plan. And the Rick Scott plan is, it, it calls for sunsetting, but Rick Scott, not Social Security or Medicare, it calls for the sunsetting of government programs after five years. But he specifically carves out Social Security and Medicare. So it's a lie. But maybe Biden knows this now, and maybe we won't hear these these lying attacks anymore. Maybe. A man can dream.